Welcome to Humans of CX, a podcast powered by Ozontel. We share the latest insights and customer experience from industry experts to help you humanize your approach, placing empathy at the center of the customer experience. I'm your host, Karima. Thank you so much, Tanesh, for joining me today. It's lovely having you on the Humans of CX podcast. Thank you, Garima. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Pleasure is all mine. And I'm, I can assure you we'll be having a more exciting conversation. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely, Tanish. Tanish, to begin with, let's understand your journey in the world of customer experience. Help us understand what really inspired you to join this space. Because I'm sure, like many others, you also have your uh, unique why and reasons, right? So help us understand your journey so far. My journey with customer experience started around two decades back. When as a fresh management graduate, I joined uh, a back office operations and banking services. That was a time when I could able to understand how the banking services or banking industry as a whole is evolving and how it was working. So when I joined, like, you know, it was not a customer facing role as such, but we could able to appreciate and understand the impact what we were making to customer. That was really insightful journey and uh, the real, like as you ask, where the shift happened. The real shift happened when I switched my role after three years. And then again, I joined in the operations role, but it was a customer-facing role. And I'm talking about around 2006, 2007, when you know there were no clear demarcation of roles and responsibilities. So there was a single desk and, you know, customers will straight away walk into you and, you know, <laughs> like you have to manage the end-to-end relationship with the customer. So there were sales function was available in the form of relationship managers. But, you know, as an SME, you have to participate in pre-sales talks. You also have to follow on the sales lead. And then the overall journey of the customer you need to manage. So it gives me a lot of introspection. Like, you know, when I used to go to the pre-sales talks, that how a customer journey has evolved from a prospect to a customer. Like when you start the relationship. And it also gives us a lot of insights in terms of like, you know, what is the gap which is existing in the market, right? What we are offering and what the customer is expecting. The kind of gap between the customer expectations and the offerings, you know, uh, we could able to understand, we could able to bridge that gap. And that was a game changer for me. And like, you know, I could able to really empathize with what the customer expectations are and where is the gap. Absolutely, Banesh. And since you mentioned this, I would love to understand how did that feel like being on the front line, right? You were uh, actually facing customer queries day in and day out and trying to understand, as you mentioned, where is the gap and what were the challenges basically in this role and how do you see that a role evolving into, you know, where you are today and how does that uh, beginning help you in, in your role uh, today, I would say? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Like if you see in those days, like we are talking around you know, 15, 20 years back, the banking as such and the financial services was more relationship-based. And now we have moved into an era which is more digital. You will not see in urban cities that like, you know, most of the customers, the retail customers are walking into the branch and doing the daily transactional needs. It's more digital savvy. But at those times, like, you know, you will see that, you know, a lot of customers influx in the morning around 10 o'clock or 9.30 whenever the branch opens. And you see long queue of customers trying to, uh, you know, manage their day-to-day, whatever their transactional needs with the bank. So that has really, really shifted. So even though we are managing the banking operations, but we used to get personal calls from the customer that, okay, this has to be processed today. Okay, we need this kind of service. This needs to be uh, managed in today's time. So that was the difference, basically. 
Right, right. I remember like earlier... Uh, and that's a human touch. Like yes, that's the yes. kind of human touch. Yeah, Absolutely. We would have one day just uh, allocated for going to the bank, right? Like earlier it used to happen. Like our parents would say that Aaj bank jana hai. Saturday ko bank ban jahega. Friday ko jana hai. Kaam khatam karna hai. But now it's like we have we have an app. We have internet banking on, you know, other services. And it's like pretty instant. Everything is pretty fast. But... Yes, I can totally uh, relate with that, and I'm sure. Yeah, and then considering, uh, just just one more point, considering the demographic cohort, what we have now, right? We have Generation Alpha, we have Gen Z, then we have Millennial. So if you see the generation of Millennials and before that, right? So the banking for them, it's a kind of a relationship. They know people personally in the branch where they are banking, and it's like a customary for them to visit the branch for their needs. As in, well, okay, I'm going to the branch. I will visit this person also. So it's more relationship focused. Definitely the services, the products, the offerings have been evolved over a period of time. We are more digital savvy now. But definitely we need to strike a balance between the human touch and the digital offerings what we are making. Absolutely, Tanish. And in this context itself, like we are talking about so many technologies, chat GPT, generative AI and blockchain. How are you looking at this? Because we are discussing a lot, but it's difficult to comprehend, okay, this is the direction this particular sector would take. How are you looking at banking and finance and the role of AI in uh, changing everything, particularly in customer experience? See, if we talk specifically about artificial intelligence, so artificial intelligence is primarily mimicking the human intelligence. But it's only about the intelligence part. It's not about the human touch part. That I have already said, you know, that's the differentiator that we have already addressed. Now, when we talk about artificial intelligence, it's a technology which is very vast in nature and it is still evolving. But specifically, if you see from a banking perspective, I would like to talk about specific use cases which has impact on customer experience. There are so many use cases of artificial intelligence which brings operational efficiencies for bank. But whether it leads to a superlative customer experience, that is still debatable. We can talk about bots being deployed to reduce the human effort. And we talk about human bot optimization. So these are some areas where operational efficiencies can help banks. But when you talk about customer experience, there are specific use cases and we need to be very objective when we approach these kind of emerging technologies. So the first use case, what I would like to discuss here is basically the chatbots, conversational bots. Also, which has been evolved over a period of time with virtual assistants. You know, what is the customer superlative experience? And this is like, you know, at any given point of time, 24 by 7, if you have any queries which is standard in nature, you can raise these queries with the virtual assistants or conversational bots and you will be able to get a response. So maybe we can categorize around 40 to 50% of such queries which are not very case specific. Like it's not a kind of a issue which customer tries to uh, like, you know, address. But general queries with the bank, okay, let's say I want to open a savings account with the bank. What is the requirement? If I want to have a lending relationship with the bank, what are the requirements? Like these standard automated responses can be addressed by virtual assistant. And that definitely freed up the human space. So this is one of the important or one of the significant use cases which impacts customer experience directly. Then second is basically the intelligent recommendations what artificial intelligence can bring in. Based on all these queries, right? all these queries will go into a NLP model. I'm not going into too much technical here, but these models will keep on evolving. And once these models are matured enough, right, you will be having more accurate and specific recommendations or intelligent recommendations for the customer. So let's say if you query with a virtual assistant or a conversational bot with a bank, 
and some of your queries are answered some are not answered the queries which are not answered which will go through a learning model process and then the models will be matured enough so that when the next customer raises this question he will be responded you know appropriately so this is one of the areas what we are looking at and also uh, we can look at as i mentioned the customer need both as an express need and a latent need right. so artificial intelligence what they can do they can gauge the express need and latent needs to anticipate what is required and that's what we call as predictive analytics so banks can take a call in terms of their offerings in their products what is required in terms of these predictive analytics and that's where artificial intelligence can play a major role so like you know the overall shift what artificial intelligence can brings in it is more from a product centric view to a customer centric in summary and just from a layman's perspective tanish like when do you decide that this is the right time where uh, we need uh, a human agent to intervene like this is just from a layman's perspective as you said you know when we are talking to a board on on a website or you know uh, whatsapp some point it becomes very frustrating like you know i am asking something and getting something else look how are you looking at this i think it's a big problem out there still, right. even though we are discussing you know ai and everything but it's still a challenge so what would you say about this yeah so we, we all have experienced the same thing right we keep on asking and the bot keeps on responding in a, in a some specific way because uh, like you know the the models are being trained now the artificial intelligence and machine learning natural language processing these are some of the technologies which have comes into play right now okay and in the last 4 5 years there is significant work which has been done and the result what you are seeing are the virtual assistants or conversational bots which are being deployed but this is a continuous and ongoing process as the customer queries start beginning to complex in nature these models will learn at a rapid pace and these will be matured enough to respond so now as in when like uh, your question is basically what is the point where you know a human intervention is required so it is very case specific when you start asking about your queries till the point of time where these queries are standard in nature bots will able to respond to you in a very specific manner for example okay what are the kind of products and services a bank offers in capital management in wealth management in retail products so you have all the standard products and features that a bot will able to respond but when you go deeper into your specific case uh, you have a banking relationship with a bank it could be a retail relationship or it could be a corporate relationship now during that relationship there is a transaction which has happened and you have a specific issue with that transaction so to address that specific issue it will still take some time the models are still evolving so that's the point of intersection where human intervention is required and what virtual assistants does is he will suggest you to wait for a customer advisor so that you can talk to him and then you can raise your query absolutely going forward tanish since you have an expertise in payment modernization and innovation we would like to understand you know what unique uh, cx challenges you have come across and also talk a bit about the opportunities that you see there first let's talk about innovation okay so innovation stems out of the customer problem statements right or customer challenges if you see any bank's innovation portfolio or any organization for that matter or for any business that matter the innovation portfolio around 40 to 50% comprises of customer problem statement which they have received from their existing customers so as far as innovation is concerned customer experience or customer challenges or customer problems is key and that gives lot of leeway for banks to innovate 
or financial services to innovate. Now for rest of the 30 to 40% comes from the emerging trends in the industry and rest 10 to 15% is based on the technological advancements which is happening. Technology is always an enabler. So that constitutes the innovation portfolio. But anyways, customer is the central force which drives the innovation portfolio as such. Now, when we talk about payments modernization, payments, Garima, it's an you know, ever-evolving space. There are a lot of things which keeps on happening in payments. And if you see from a banking perspective, it's a major revenue annual. Around 40% of the bank's revenue comes from payments. And if you talk about customer experience and the unique customer challenges, I would like to respond to you in a very simple way. What customer wants? Customer wants transfer of money or transfer of value from one person to another, from one entity to another in the simplest and secured way. Now, whatever you are doing at the back end, whether any traditional bank is doing, digital bank is doing, or you know, new bank is doing, the new technologies they are deploying, customer is not concerned about it. They want that, okay, I have used this service, you give me a digital wallet, you give me a super app, you give me normal web check-in. I want that I have used this service, I want to pay for this service, and your payment services should help me in transferring this funds in a very simple way and as fast as possible. That's the crux of it. Right, and uh, you have rightly mentioned that Banish security and trust, these are like integral uh, keywords when we talk about finance and banking, right? And there is this constant battle of balancing security, trust, and the shifting customer expectations, priorities, behaviors, experiences. What is your message to the management level people, I would say? How can they bring about like it's it's a very difficult question in itself. Like nobody has a concrete answer to it. But how are you looking at this? Like balancing trust and security with the evolving customer experience landscape. It's a balancing act at the end of the day, and it will keep on going. It's not that you know there is not a definite answer to this. As we are introducing new products, new offerings in the payment space, definitely the security aspect is paramount. But at the same time, we also, like, you know, I'm saying from a challenge perspective, the fraudsters, like, you know, in the payment space, they are always one step ahead. You bring as many uh, security aspects or, you know, like, you know, multifold technology or authentication method, but, you know, they always find something better. So uh, the crux of this is like, you know, it's an ever evolving space and that fight will always be ongoing between, you know, the kind of secured methods we provide and what, what fraudsters are going to do. But if you see from a traditional point of view, the kind of authentication methods, what we have. So from a security point of view, what we need to understand is what banks want. Banks want that if X is doing an, a transaction, he should identify himself as X, and then the transaction should pro progress. So if you have to send the funds, right, you need to identify yourself as Garima to the bank, right, and then bank will allow you to proceed further with your transaction. Now, the traditional ways of digital authentication is basically like, you know, you log in with your credentials. Now we have multi-factor authentication where we get OTP and uh, the different authentication methods are there. Now, these authentication methods are basically legacy systems, legacy methods, which are memory-based. And these are vulnerable for any kind of security challenges. So, like, you know, what banks are doing, banks keeps on evolving. Now we have biometric authentication is there. And uh, there are multiple levels. You will get an OTP. First, you identify yourself with your facial recognition. Then you get an OTP. And then once you do a transaction, the middle of the transaction itself, you have to authenticate it. So there are multi-level or multi-layers of authentication and validation, which is currently in progress. 
But what happens is this also introduces if friction with the customer. Suppose you're doing a transaction, let's say it's a very nominal amount, but still you have to authenticate it. So the experience what you leave with the customer, it's not very pleasant. Why I have to authenticate, like, you know, why I have to for such a small amount, why I have to validate myself again and again. So where my advice will be that definitely technology as an enabler has comes into play, but you need to integrate a selective friction where you have to strike a balance between customer still wants to authenticate himself, customer still wants to authenticate a particular transaction, but to a certain degree of comfort. For each and everything, that will be very difficult at both ends. And also, like, you know, coming, like, you know, as a banker, security, definitely, you know, uh, we cannot take it lightly. Tanish, also, there is another side to this story. There are certain measures that banks are taking up very seriously. Like you uh, mentioned authenticating at every step and then OTPs and sending as reminders and text messages uh, very frequently that uh, the bank doesn't ask for sharing your OTPs or anything, right? But then there are customers who are intelligent, who are aware, but just in that moment, something happens. And in the innocence of the whole thing, they tend to make mistakes, right? I have been there. That's why I'm asking this. And I would like to understand what is your message for those customers who tend to make these mistakes. They tend to uh, listen to somebody on the other end of the line and they follow every step and when the time comes, when the person says, okay, now you receive an OTP on your uh, phone and you just let me know. And then it strikes, oh no, URL looks something uh, fishy. This is this is not right, right? What is your message for those people? Because banks can do certain things, right? And that also has a limitation. Now, the responsibility is not one-sided. I feel it's also on the customers, uh, right? To not fall prey to uh, these acts. So what would you uh, say to customers like, me, I would say. It's a very important question, right? Okay. And I'm not even going to the rural customers. If you talk about urban customers itself who are well-educated, who have all different modes of channel for communication, still they are falling prey. I can give you a very simple example which has happened with me. I put an ad on Olex. Within minutes, I got a call that, you know, we want to buy this product. We are sending you a link, as you mentioned. Click on that link and we will make you the advance payment. Now, at the sound of it itself is fishy, right? How can somebody select a product in minutes and they are ready to pay, make a payment? Without having a conversation. With Without you. having a conversation, right? That rings a bell. Now, the different other aspect of it is like, you know, what banking industry is doing as such as like straight from the regulator. If you see, you are seeing a lot of advertisements from RBI as a regulator that customers needs to be educated. They should not fall prey to the kind of messages what they are getting, the kind of lucrative messages which lure them into a fraudulent transactions. So customer needs to be intelligent. We know like, you know, not to a great extent, but to a certain extent. And what are the parameters for that? So as you have seen in a lot of advertisements, a lot of communications individually from the banks, and from the regulator as such also, that, you know, like you should not share your credentials. You should be aware of all such links, like, you know, which you can get. And see, social media is definitely a game changer in all aspects, but also like that is a kind of a channel through which like, you know, these fraudsters can play. So you have WhatsApp, you have Facebook, right? We have a lot of examples, right? A couple of days back, I was browsing through Facebook and I saw a product, it's a share, which was around 2000 rupees. And the actual price of that share in the market, uh, it's close to 15k to 20k. Now, <laughs> there is no point, right? 
that how can somebody can uh, somebody can offer such a product at such a low price so all these are fraud and if you look at those advertisements garima this is like you know 100% genuine so definitely customers need to think that okay uh, they should able to demarcate between or differentiate between a genuine transaction and a fraudulent transaction and uh, like any kind of all this like you have won a prize or you share your credentials or click on this link you will get this thing so these are all trigger points where customers should think that okay first of all nobody is giving you free these days so that will be the key differentiator that you will be able to identify what is genuine what is fraud yeah i think we have to be on our toes uh, all the time because it's a very very tricky area to be honest yeah, at the same time like you know uh, we should not put lot of pressure on ourselves as a customer i am saying think simply okay whether i am getting something free and whether it is genuine or not just be very simple and ask all these rational specific questions to yourself and you will able to avoid 90% of these frauds why would somebody want to give me an iphone 15 for no reason yeah. <laughs> that is true that is true so tanish moving on uh, you have also been part of the global banking space right you are still a part of the global banking space how would you say the global banks are looking at the evolving customer experience landscape the changing again the same question but yes from the perspective of the global banks how are they looking at the evolving cx landscape from a global banking perspective definitely the challenges from a customer experience point of view is consistent so it's not that you know one region is having a specific customer experience another customer challenge and another uh, other region is having a different customer challenge because if we look banking as a whole it has evolved over a period of time and now all the banking executives like from the top level they have understood that in this competitive landscape where we have razor thin margins the only differentiator or strategic differentiator is the customer experience so all the global banks and i will say all the global entities which operates in different geographies they understand that they have to provide a consistent customer experience there might be regional nuances or country specific nuances but overall what is the key factor is like in any region or any country or any specific place if there is a customer experience issue that will impact the global brand as such it will not be an isolated incident or a, or an isolated issue so the banks or the entities which are global in nature or which operates in multiple markets they have to be cognizant of the fact that their customer experience is consistent in nature and how they can provide a consistent ex- experience is basically when they look at their operating model when they look at their products and services what they are offering the crux of that is the customer experience so you now i'm going little bit further how they can do it is basically when they are devising these products or when they are offering these kind of services there has to be a consistent customer element in that and they are basically the, your design thinking principles and your customer centric design comes into play and if i have to talk specifically about a customer centric principle let's say customer transparency so you have to bring in these kind of customer centric principles which will goes into your operating model and that will provide a consistent experience across the globe and that that's being a challenge like you know if you're asking specifically about the challenges yes to go global is is easy these days but to operate in a global way in a consistent manner that's a bit challenging also when you mention consistent customer experience now when we're talking about a country like india it's very diverse right uh, yeah. we have a rural audience we have an urban audience and when we're talking about the global space now there are challenges like the pandemic for example right so when events like these are happening when they're impacting everyone or 
like, you know, organizations, individuals, everyone on a very large scale. In such moments, how can a brand ensure that they are able to provide an experience which is not very shocky for the customer? Because consistency, I am also trying to understand from the perspective of events like these, events like the pandemic, or if there is a matter of war or anything, for example. But just from that point of view, what does a consistent customer experience look like? In events like this, like, you know, banks and financial services and the organizations which operates in this space, they are prepared to a certain extent, but not to an extent where, like, you know, this this kind of situation prevails over a period of time. So, you know, and we all know that, you know, there are business continuity plans, there are disaster recovery plans which are in place. But for over a period of time where uh, you could not able to, you know, go to the branch or go to the center where you can operate, uh, you know, functions as a, as a normal. So definitely these, uh, the pandemic has taught us a lot and uh, this has given a lot of push to the digitization, what we are seeing right now. As far as customer experience is concerned, the first and the foremost thing is basically the kind of primary customer services which a customer is expecting that is made available as quickly as possible. And how you can make that available where, you know, there is no human touch, there is no interaction as such. So definitely, as I mentioned, technology is enabled and technology has given us a lot of edge when we were responding to pandemic. And from a bank perspective, there was always an objective that, okay, the primary objective of the customer service is met. So uh, the customer service plays an important role. And you have seen during the pandemic, there are different channels, digital channels, which has been opened up where customers can interact without going out or because during the pandemic, also the financial needs, they were not completely exhausted. Financial needs or financial transactions were still happening. They were required for a cause. They were required for a reason. And for that, banks have to respond. So during that period and, you know, like uh, going forward from there, onward from there, there are a lot of channels, basically communication channels, there are transactional channels, which has opened up and that has helped in providing a consistent customer experience. I'm not talking about the complex transactions. And not, uh, yeah, definitely the bank's focus has shifted from like, you know, the general transactions to very specific transactions where customers will be helped by, you know, getting the specific primary services, which what we expect from a bank. Right, Panesh. And just in this context, I think uh, this is where we can talk a bit about empathy in customer experience, yeah. because right in the beginning, you mentioned how relationship-based all of this is and how personalized it has always been. And now with the pandemic, as you are also mentioning that, First, the focus is on meeting the primary, the fundamentals, and then, you know, ensure that the customer is not shocked, not isolated, not feeling anxious. How are you looking at this? Because there's a lot of conversation going around, uh, you know, empathy in customer experience. And few years back, customer experience itself was not a buzzword, right? It has taken up pace in quite uh, recent times. So... Right. Customer experience is one side of the story and then empathy in customer experience is one side of the story. So how do you ensure, like as a professional, as a banking professional, how do you ensure that it does not remain a mere uh, jargon and it is not just a part of the values that are written on the website and the collaterals and everything, but it's also a part of 
the everyday story a very very interesting one and like you know as you mentioned there are some certain jargons which we keep on using and customer is the king right which has been used ubiquitously everywhere my question to all the cx professionals right and who who work in the space where they are facing customers and not facing not frontline as such but they are impacting customers and everybody like you know banking and financial services as such needless to say whatever we are doing it is impacting customers at the end of the day and like you know vice versa so customer is the king that's fine but how you are treating the customer that is more important so when you are dealing with the customer are you giving kind of a response or a service which satisfy him as a king that's the question what we have to ask as far as empathy is concerned like you know i would also like to suggest that we talk about hyper personalization these days hyper personalization is talked more in terms of like you know when we are giving a very specific kind of a service to individuals or a demographic cohort like generation alpha gen z or millennials i would like to suggest that you should look from a personalization point of view if you are giving this advice or service to a customer you think that you should keep yourself in the customer's shoes and think like you know whether it's a 100 dollar transaction or a 2000 dollar transaction if there is an issue at customer end where he is querying about something or he's tend to lose an x amount if you put yourself in in his shoes then you think what is going to happen whether the customer will be anxious or whether he will be relieved so definitely customer empathy plays a key role and you always need to think that okay what customer is thinking from his perspective and maybe like you know this is also one of the very significant advice and we keep on discussing this maybe you are not able to resolve customer issue in that point of time but you should give him that assurance from an institution point of view okay that your money is secured whatever issue you have that will be resolved we are with you customer doesn't ask you to resolve the issue at that particular point of time but you should as a customer professional as an institution you should provide him that kind of assurance that we are looking into this issue your money is safeguarded with us the trust what you have kept with us we are harping on it your trust will be safeguarded and your issue will be resolved it will be addressed that's a brilliant point commission just in that context how are you looking at you know balancing technology and human touch because at the end of the day it's about the people it's about the customers it's about their sentiments right so no matter how far we go ahead in terms of the technology it's, it always has to come around the cause concerns and you know issues of the people right so how are you looking at this See, we are talking about human relationship and the kind of technological advancements what we have so it's not necessary like what i would like to say here is it's not necessary that you walk into a branch or you walk into an event where you met banking professionals or industry professionals and discuss what are the requirements and all so i'll give you an example i don't want to name the bank but i'm banking with this particular bank for almost 10 to 15 years okay and i don't find any reason or any need to walk into the branch i am doing all my transactions through an app and i don't feel that you know i have lost the human touch as such because the kind of services what i am getting that helps me in maintaining that touch and through the communication which i receive right that is drafted or communicated in such a way that i still feel connected to that particular bank or entity so that's where it's not about physically meeting individuals it's about how you built that communication how you built that trust how you built that cohesiveness between as an individual and institution as such first 
it's the kind of services what you're providing okay so there is a human touch or human translation i'll give you a very simple example i received a message that our services will be down from such and such time right and kindly avoid any you know important transactions so so this is the kind of a communication which a bank is providing to you that okay now it has been directed to all the individuals you have not received a phone call where somebody is telling you okay sir we are doing this so kindly avoid it important but that feels like you know bank as a such thinks about you okay it's a kind of a information which they are giving you proactively so that you can plan your work so this kind of human touch will help us and definitely you will see more digitally advanced conversation digitally advanced communications maybe like you know in next couple of years you'll be start receiving that you know there is a 5 minute call has been scheduled with you with a virtual assistant right there you can discuss with him or her so it's an endeavor from the bank to help customers in a more digital savvy way which is the way to go forward but we also needs to communicate in such a way that customers are not feeling isolated and they don't uh, miss the feeling of a human touch Absolutely, I think you highlighted some great examples here, and everyone is experiencing these. And this is a very important point: the technology is being seen as an enabler rather than, uh, you know, any like roadblock for uh, not maintaining uh, human touches. Of course, it's not being seen like that. So definitely, uh, we have a lot to achieve in this space. So. Tanish, uh, to conclude, you know what are some of the trends you're closely looking at with respect to CX in banking and finance? From a trend perspective, like you know, definitely all these technologies. I think artificial intelligence we discussed. Blockchain is also one of the technology which is coming into play and providing a lot of areas which were not possible earlier, but we are seeing a lot of potential. So I think there are around. eight to nine emerging technologies which banking and financial services sectors looking forward to where they can play a major role in addressing some of the pertinent problems from a retail banking perspective from a commercial banking perspective and from a customer experience point of view uh, definitely technology is going to play a major role in the years to come and we'll be see, seeing a more shift towards more digital native interactions more digital native communications we talk about conversational bots we can see a lot of virtual assistants which is coming into play yeah that's kind of thing and if you see from a business perspective like you know from a uh, banking perspective or uh, bank as such the customer experience matrices also have changed over a period of time what i mean to say is that you know earlier we used to measure customer satisfaction or like you know profitability of a bank or an organization in terms of like what is the sla we are giving what is the turnaround time of a product and service right the kind of profits we are generating from this specific business but as i mentioned customer experience as a strategic differentiator these matrices have changed or evolved over a period of time now how banks are gauging these matrices are entirely different we are talking about net promoter score we are talking about csat score customer satisfaction we are talking about css customer effort score so that's where we are seeing a shift in the customer experience landscape and all the efforts are being driven towards using technologies to improve these scores over a period of time and that's where we are seeing a lot of improvements in next 4 to 5 years and just one last question and that is not related to you know any technology or any data point but just to understand how has your journey been so far and uh, if you would have to give a message to somebody just starting out a career in customer experience what would you say like why should they be a part of this space 
as i mentioned my journey has been great and it's almost two decades i'm working in banking and financial services there are certain areas where you know i have worked as a frontline like you know representative of the bank and in other projects and initiatives where like you know i work mostly with the internal stakeholders or you call them internal customers so like you know all the cx professionals it's not necessary that they will be directly interacting with the customers right but when they interact with the internal customers they should always keep that in mind that you have to enable your internal customers or internal stakeholders so that they can improve the front line you provide them that requisite matrices requisite data requisite knowledge requisite know how so that they could able to respond to external customers which are the actual customers of the bank or the financial services organization so they should always keep that in mind and you also from a cx professional perspective you also need to see the kind of work what you are doing and the kind of impact it is making to the customer as i told you my first job it was into back office operations it was not a front ending role but we know like you know or we have been made to know that you know you have to be very serious about the job what you are doing what you are doing right now okay maybe it's not customer is not standing in front of you but once this job is accomplished right and once the it has gone to the customer if it is not correct and definitely you know there are a lot of repercussions so you should always keep that in mind so, okay maybe i am not in the front line or not in the target line as such but you know the kind of work what i am doing it is going to impact somebody so that's the key message and one of the key messages others also is right you know customer is the king but how you are making him feel that is more important thank you so much tanish it's been lovely uh, listening to you and learning from you from your journey so far and i am sure people would love to connect with you after listening to our conversation as well if there's any question i have with respect to cx and banking i'm definitely going to reach out and <laughs> to you on that so thank you once again tanish thank you for joining me thank you garima thanks a lot thanks for having me on your show thank you Thank you for listening to Humans of CX, a podcast brought to you by Ozontel. If you enjoyed today's show, visit ozontel.com to learn more about how our robust omni-channel communications platform makes it the industry leader within the customer experience space. You can find Humans of CX on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms that are featuring podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you so much for listening.